uh, as we celebrate God in this place, and we began our new series. And that is our series, Chasing Sanity, because there's so much insanity that surrounds our world and influences the culture that as the believers, as the church, we want to make clear that there are, there's a standard by which we stand on. There's a truth by, that governs our lives, and that comes from the Word of God. So I invite you to grab a copy of your version of God's Word and join me in the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew at that 22nd chapter where our message for the morning is coming from. Matthew chapter 22, and we're going to begin our reading at verse 34. Matthew chapter 22, and we'll begin our reading at verse 34. This is our new series that we are excited about. I'll tell you a little more about that in just a moment. Uh, but as you turn your way there in your page of Scripture, you'll find words that, you may, be, that may be familiar to you. But I pray and trust that God will enlighten your eyes to see um, greater truths to the words that are spoken to us. God's word says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greater commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Allow me to read for emphasis verse 37 again. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God, repeat after me, with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to begin our series, Chasing Sanity, with this thought in our minds that we, as a church, as believers, must maintain, must grow in, must have a biblical worldview. Ask your neighbor right quick, just for a moment, even if they're sitting at your next home, just ask them, what lenses do you look through when you see what you do? I got three people who caught it the first time. Yeah, what, what, what lenses do you look through when you see what you do? It's, uh, it's our world view. And it's our prayer that through the help of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of God's Word, that our world view will align with the will, word, and way of God. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much for this blessed privilege that is ours, to be in your presence. You are so holy, and there's none like you. And I thank you for how you've provided for us, that you provided your presence as our guide in the person of the Holy Spirit. You've provided your word, your, your written word, that we might be able to study and grow therein. Now that we turn our attention to you, help us to go deeper with you than ever before. 
that we might have clarity in the midst of the confusion that surrounds our world, that we might be able to stand for truth in the midst of all the relativity, that we might be able to say, thus says the Lord, with clarity and conviction and love, because you are the God who's loved and saved us. Now, bless us that we might be able to grow and look through the correct lenses that our lives might reflect in obedience toward you and your word. is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chasing Sanity. That's a loaded series. And in this series, we are going to be addressing some, some weighty topics, uh, some, some topics at times that get people tripped up and tangled up in our post-modernity. It's topics that you hear often and now the lines seem grayed or, or blurred, if you would. But when it comes to the things of God and the Word of God, God's Word is clear. And at the church, we take our cues not from the culture, not from the crowd, not from what is trending. We take our cues from the Word of God. The inerrant Word of God, the sacred Word of God, the Scriptures from which I've read. So we're going to be looking at the scriptures as we are challenging us as believers because as believers, we, we need to see all things, not some things, but, but we need to see everything through a God-centered biblical world view. AJ, everything. Oh, hey, Bell, everything. Stephen, everything. Not, not not just the things when we come and gather in this space, but every aspect of life we can clearly understand through the guidance of the Word of God. And so, uh, during this series, um, we, we want to set up a platform by way you might be able to forward your questions because we know that as we tackle uh, issues surrounding our culture, like the problem of pain and suffering or uh, the sanctity of life, as we tackle issues of sexuality and ethnicity and, and racism, as we together look at God's Word for what God means for our money and our possessions, we know that as a leadership and preaching team, questions will come up. And in the context of preaching, honestly, in the, the, the few minutes that we have before each other, um, it's, it doesn't allow for enough time to go as deep as some of your questions may require. So what we've set up is a platform by which you can submit your questions to questions with an S at cfbc.org questions with an S at cfbc.org. That way, during the course of our time together around the Word of God, if you have a question that or an idea of something jumped off the pages that you need us to go deeper in addressing, we are asking that you would submit your question to questions at cfbc.org. I love to get your calls, but I can't get all your calls at the same time. I, I, I love to be able to get individual emails and respond to them. But, but I cannot respond adequately to all of them. But if you were to, to send your questions to this email address, we'll have a team um, that is able to respond and speak to the issues that you may submit. Because we know that we're going to uh, do some deep diving, but we can't dive too long. 
So while we're addressing these weighty matters, these, these issues that surround our culture, that plague our minds, uh, it is important that you come along with me. Will you come along with me? I got three people leaning on this side. Are you going to be with me for a moment? You come along with me as we, we, we take this ride. Uh, well, there's something I need from you as we, we go on this ride together. First, I need for you, I request of you that you pray for us. Us being the preaching team, the leadership team, as we tackle these matters, that you, you pray for us and that, that God would, would continue to bless us, that it might be clearly communicated to you so that you know how to address the culture in both truth and love. At first request is that you, you pray for us. Uh, but I have a second request, and that the second request is that you extend grace to us. Uh, now, you see, I get no amens on that. I, I just said uh, no, no, no amens on that one. It's funny how you can stand here and you can preach grace. And, and then, you know, the church gives grace. And the preacher says, uh, give grace to us. And all of a sudden it's... But do understand we have maybe 35, 40 minutes to address these issues, which means we can't address every element of every issue because of time constraints. And so what we need from you is that measure of grace. All right? And thirdly, I want to, to ask that you continue to hope, Sonia, that we, we continue to have hope, that we, we continue to hope that God is moving, that God is still saving, that God is redeeming, and that God is present and His Word is still powerful. Are you going to hope that as we speak the truth, that the truth will transform hearts, that people won't be turned away from God, but rather they be drawn even closer to God? Because here's the reality, God loves everybody. Did you get that? Yeah. And we want to make sure that everyone knows that God loves them. And if you're listening online, no matter what uh, your issue, hang up, or whatever your preferences may be, I want you to know as the people of God, we welcome all people into the house of God because God loves all people. <laughs> this is a truth that we stand on. And we love you enough to tell the truth of God's Word in love. And that's what we aim to do. So it requires for us to have a biblical, God-centered worldview. Chuck Colson in his book, and I quote, How Now Shall We Live, defines a worldview in this way. It is simply the sum total of our beliefs about the world the big picture that directs our daily decisions and our actions, our worldview. H having a biblical worldview is having the truth of God's Word uh, that transforms, transforms the lenses through which you interpret life. It, it's, it's the lenses that you, you look through when you see what you see and you choose to do what you do. It's, it's your worldview. And for believers, our worldview has already been chosen for you. I hope you get this. Amen. That our worldview, like, like, like that of, of, of sunglasses. Any, any of y'all? Uh, I had some earlier. There, there it is, yeah. Uh, whoa. Well, that might be a good illustration there. Uh, like, like, like sunglasses that are broken. Um, 
<laughs> if we're honest about it, many of our worldviews, the way we see the world, how we, we vacillate and, and, and we, how we, on one day we see the world one way and next day we're, we're aligning with the Bible, but then we're questioning the Bible uh, the next day. Uh, some of our worldview, like my shades, it didn't plan it that way, but that's just the way it is. Uh, it's broken. You can't, you can't see clearly through that. And yet, we're faced with a culture that is operating from a broken worldview. And as believers, we, there you go, Anthony. We have to shine the light of truth to let the world know the truth of Christ, that God loves us enough to not leave us the way that sin has us. Um, we are to have a biblical worldview. It's, it's having God at the center. It's, 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 it's having your life pre-treated by the truth of God's Word. Did you catch that? Ha ha having your life preconditioned by the Word of God. Ha having your life uh, sealed and insulated by the Word of God. You, maybe you don't get this. Uh, students, any of you have your cell phones with you? Go ahead and lift your cell phones out because some of them don't even know what, what a really one looks like. Uh, go, go ahead and lift it up here. Yeah, it's like some of those cell phones that some of you look at, look at them real good. They're, they're sealed and they're, they're protected. Some of them, oh, if your cell phone's waterproof, go ahead and raise it up for me. Go ahead and raise it up for me. There you go. Uh, water, some of them are waterproof. They've been preconditioned so they can handle the, the wear and tear of the user that uses the phone will come here. God wants our lives, our view of life to be so preconditioned by the Word of God that when anything comes that's contrary to the Word of God, it'll just wipe off. It'll just rub off. It won't stick to you because you live your life based on the truth of God's Word. I'm really in the text because here a young man comes to Christ. He comes to Christ um, and he has a, a worldview problem. Because when you see the context, Doug, of the text, he's coming from a group of, of uh, legal followers. If you were interpreters of the law, these were the Sadducees and Pharisees. They studied the law. And here he's coming with the motivation to try and test, the Bible says, or, or trip Jesus up. He's in the temple where Jesus is teaching, and he's coming, but he's coming with a question. He's coming with a question, and though his motivation is messed up, he's coming to the right place. Though his intentions are, are not pure, he, he's coming to the right one because he brings his question to Jesus. And if we're honest, when we gather in this space, many times we come in with questions. If we're honest, it doesn't even, even how, no matter how long you've been living as, uh, as a part of the church, you may still have some, some questions. There are those who are listening online. You haven't said yes just yet to the church. You're still struggling with uh, trying to understand the veracity of Scripture, and, and you have, you have some, some questions. And, and there's no fault in having questions. The question that needs to be answered is where do you go to get your answers for the questions that you have? This lawyer took his question to Jesus. And the question he asked of Jesus, 
right there in the text in verse 36 is which of the commandments are the greatest in all the law? Which of the commandments is the one to really focus on of, of all the commandments? What's the commandment that matters the most? And in rabbinical documents, there were only there was over 613 mosaic laws uh, that, that were given to the people to keep, and it was impossible for them to keep all the laws. And so here's this lawyer coming to Jesus saying, hey, I need the one that captures all of them. Just give me the law. Which of these laws are the most important? His worldview was based on those who surrounded him. His worldview was based on, on action, and his worldview was based on doing, but not necessarily believing. His worldview was based from a place of uh, human reasoning, and so he would come to try and test Jesus. But look at how Christ responds to his worldview. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. As soon as we read that, we see at least three truths that we can anchor our worldview to. Look, look closely where he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. That, that first anchor, he says, you shall love the Lord your God. Did you catch it there? The Lord, here's the anchor of truth to govern and, and focus your worldview. And that is our Lord, our God is the sovereign God, the word Lord means he's in control. I hope you get this because with everything we see in life, with all the trouble and all the trials we see out there, with everything we read through social media and, and the news, we would, we would tend to be tempted to believe that the world is out of control. But here's the truth. If the world even seems to be out of control, there is one who is always in control, and that is our sovereign God. God is still on the throne. God is still leading the world. God is still in control. Yes, yes. Ah, so he, says, uh, he says, love the Lord your God. So he shows us that, that here's, here's a truth to anchor to, that, that God is the all-powerful God, but I also love it. He says, uh, your God, your God. He's also a personal God. A God who has all power, who is in full control, is a God who allows for you to have a personal relationship with him. This is what we anchor our worldview in, that we have a God who is sovereign, who is supreme, and that he allows, welcomes, invites us to have a relationship with him. And I want to pause here for a moment to invite you that if you have not taken God up on his invitation. Today might be that day in which you hear the Spirit of God calling you, saying, listen, your world can be seen in a better light when you choose to see it in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God invites you to be in a relationship with him. Oh, but there's a third truth in which we can anchor our worldview too. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your, your, your mind. It, it, here he, he speaks to that we ought to have 
a progression in our relationship with God that is not just a one-time encounter, that we can go deeper and deeper and deeper in our relationship with God. That's why we gather here on Sunday, so we can go deeper in our relationship with God. And when you do, there are more that you'll discover. Have you ever been there before that you are looking in the Word and you saw in the Word, you read it time and time again, but all of a sudden there's a truth that jumps off the pages to you and you say, whoa, that was written for me. You're just going deeper in your relationship with God. Have you ever been there before that where you're trying to pray and you're trying to keep that discipline of prayer and it's like you're just doing it as a practice and you're like, God, I'm trying to connect with you. And it seems as though the more I connect with you, the further, the further you seem to be from me. But the more you pray, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit tears back the veil and all of a sudden you're in a passionate, compassionate relationship, deep conversation with God. That's what he's calling us to, that we have a God who's not only a personal, but he allows us to grow in relationship with him. Notice, this, this, this lawyer comes with a question, and Jesus turns his attention to God. And come here, because that's exactly what we are to do as believers operating from a God-centered worldview, that when anyone comes with a question, or comes with a trial, comes with some, uh, something that's controversial, the important thing to do is not to, to pontificate on how smart you think you are or to, relieve, or to read the, the, the latest trends or, or the newest scholar. No, you turn your attention to the Word of God and say, before we go anywhere, let's see what God has to say about that matter. Because we stand on the word of God, biblical inerrancy, God's word, every word that is spoken by God in his word is true. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And the objective here is to see everything through a God-centered biblical lens and that you give your mind to God. He said, with all of your mind, that, that, that you evaluate who's really been in control of your mind, what's really been feeding your mind, and you take your mind and in your love for God, you give God your full attention, your, your full being, and allow God to fill your mind. Ah, I'm, um, I got to tell you this, um, I might as well tell you, um, you know, you know, the summer comes and, and I love the summer, I do, I love the summer, the summer is my favorite season, um, but every summer, Anthony, something happens, every summer in June, I'm reminded that I'm getting older, every summer, I, I get older, I get older. And I don't need the summer to remind me because every now and then my, my optometrist <laughs> reminds me that I'm, don't look at me like that because I'm not the only one in here. I'm not the only one in here. And I, I went to him because, you know, during that time, you got to make sure everything's right, Lori. You got to make sure, you know, when that annual time comes, you're going to get your physical, you make sure everything's right. Uh, but he, he, he told me something. He, he said to me, he said, um, um, uh, uh, Pastor Lamel, we, 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 we are going to need to change your, your lenses. I said, oh, why? Because I read a lot? You know, I, gotta, I have to read, you know, for, uh, to make sure I thoroughly prepare and study uh, to present to, to people. This must be why, right? He said, he said no, 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 no. We, we, he said, ha, ha, that's funny. That's funny. He said, no, we, no, no, you're, 
you're getting older. And as he's turning that dial more and more, he says, uh, and, and, and you need some, some assistance. You, you need extra lenses on your lens. I say, hold on, Doc. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He says, yeah, because the lenses that you're looking through, you can no longer see clearly through. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody in here, it's time for you to change the lenses that you've been looking through. That if you look at life and the lenses you look through always have you depressed and and without hope, then, then you're looking through the wrong lenses. If the lenses that you look through have you judgmental of society, then you're you're looking through the wrong lenses. If the lenses, your worldview has you being more critical than prayerful, then you're looking through the wrong wrong view. Some of us in here, it may be time for you to change the lenses that you view through. So that if you have no hope, you change the lens to renew your mind. Like Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That if you don't have peace, you change your lenses to set your mind on the things above. Like Colossians 3 says, set your mind on the things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ in God. If you've been looking too long through a lens that calls you to have no joy, then you need to change that lens. Get on a godly lens. Train your mind like Philippians 4 says, finally, brothers, finally, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. You ought to change the lenses that you're looking through because the lenses you're looking through don't match up the lens, match up with the lenses that God sees you, then you're looking through the wrong lens. And he's calling us, he's calling us as a church to operate with the right worldview, a worldview where Scripture, Scripture is our guide, realizing that when Jesus responded to this lawyer, he responded with the Word of God. When he responded, he responded speaking scripture. When he said, you shall not love, you you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, Jesus was was quoting the most famous Jewish scripture, the Shema in Deuteronomy 6, letting him know that it's based on the word of God. And brothers and sisters, what God is calling us to is to trust God's view. I know we try to interpret the world and interpret things from our level, but our level isn't high enough. Our level of seeing things don't work well enough. And that's why we don't make our decisions based on feelings. Anybody in here ever made a decision based on feelings? Feelings are fickle. Feelings will get you messed up because feelings are good at the beginning and then they, they get changed at the end. Why? We can't trust that, but there is something that we can place our foundation on that we can trust, and that is the Word of God. The psalmist declared it this way, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John, Jesus said it this way, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. Jesus says, they testify about me. 
Christ said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We ought to live our lives, see the world, view our lives through the paradigm, the filter of God's holy word that does not change. He says, the grass withered, the flowers faded, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. You can trust in the word of God. And that's why we ought to study it. That's why when things come in our lives, we ought to allow the Word of God to shape how we see what we see and we do what we do. Because God's Word reminds us that all Scripture, not some, but all, all Scripture is inspired by God. All Scripture is profitable. Oh, that's my King James again. Uh, is, is useful for, for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the servant of God, you, me, the church, the believers, might be thoroughly equipped to do what God has called us to do while we live with a God-centered, biblical worldview. You know why? Because there are those outside who are operating from a different worldview, a worldview of no joy, no peace, a worldview that is filled with pain and, and no hope, a place of confusion. And we, the church, know that it is God who can bring us clarity. Many of you know that I've uh, just uh, concluded leading a team to uh, Kenya, and then right after leading a team on mission to Kenya, we uh, led a team uh, in Colombia, and uh, we have some of those who are with me in Colombia. I see you out there. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, uh, but while we were there in Kenya, we, we were navigating some difficult terrain. Took a few snapshots for you to see that because I wanted you to see it. We were navigating some difficult terrain, and we were going into some indigenous places that were hard to reach, some places where um, the, the common um, accoutrements that we have of life are not available to us. And, and, and there, in a desolate, arid, dry, salt desert that we were navigating, uh, we were seeking out young children who were left there discarded. No, no shelter, no running water, no, uh, no, no semblance of care, no... No identity of love. And there we were there. I had the opportunity to be able to go there and extract one young lady. We'll call her, uh, I said young lady, a little child. Uh, we'll call her Grace. There she is. So sweet, sweet Grace. But Grace, when she saw us, Grace uh, was not in a hurry to see us because she had developed uh, the discipline of hiding amongst the bush. She didn't know us. She had not seen us before. We were coming from a different world. When she saw us, uh, she didn't know the language we spoke, didn't recognize us, had never seen a vehicle before, let alone uh, had um, had. The, the, the shoes and clothing that we provided. No, all she knew was how to hide. But by God's grace, we were able to extract her. And in tears, she, she cried, and, and she, but she came, and she came with questions. She didn't understand everything, but, but she had so many questions. And then she got to the treasure house. When she got to the treasure house, though we may have not been able to understand each other, may not be able to understand each other's language, maybe didn't know each other because we're from across the waters, there was something she did understand. 
And that was love. And I want you to get this, because in a moment I want you to see a snippet of her experience, but, but she, she understood love. Because here's the truth. When, when we operate our lives from a God-centered, biblical worldview, then our lenses is covered with the love of Christ. And that love impacts how we love others. That's really what he said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love for God impacts your love for others. This is how we are to live in the world. This is what transformed Lil Grace's life in one day. In one day, she's fearful. In the next day, I want you to see her. I see God working, Bill God working in me um, in, a, in a shift of my perspective. Even as I sit here and I'm, I'm watching the children and they're out there playing and they have such joy and such um, happiness in spite of their circumstances, in spite of how much they lack. So we say, um, and that just lets me know that it, that doesn't matter. Um, the nice house and fancy car and all of that, those things don't matter. They have the joy that I desire to have on a daily basis just because they are safe and they are loved. There she is. There she is. Oh, it just blesses my heart to see. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. To see the transformation real love for God makes in the lives of others. I'd like you to stand all over the building and prayer partners as you pastors, as you deacons, as you get in position. I want to invite you to experience that love. The lawyer came one way with questions. He was given the truth, the answer, to turn his focus and attention Godward, to be God-centered, to give his passions to God, and how God would transform his life. His life would be changed and would impact other lives. The same way God wants to make that impact in your life. He wants to, to change the view you look through. That you might be able to see yourself as he sees you. He sees you as one that he wants in his family. He sees you as one he cares for. One he came for. One he died for. And he's inviting you to accept his gift of love. Our prayer partners are here and in the time that we have, whatever your concerns are, I want to invite you to bring it. You have a God who loves you, who allows you to come before him. Let's fill this house with prayer. Whatever struggles, whatever burdens, whatever 
it's on your heart, you can bring that to God. And you can trust him. That not only does he love and care for you, but he can lift your burdens. He can lighten your path. And he can give you a new view on life. So as we sing together, we're going to fill this house with prayer. And we're going to come before God. Because some of us, we need to change the lenses and begin to take on the biblical lens. Thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God came, Christ came that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly. So wherever you are, why don't you come? God invites you to come. The Spirit says, whosoever will, let them come. Come on, come on, come on. Let's bring it to him. Let's bring it to him. Whatever it is. You're making a decision today. That's the right decision. You say yes to Jesus Christ. And I promise you, he will transform your life. Give you a new outlook. A new way. A new life. He'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. He'll give you forgiveness. And you'll experience his love. An eternal love. A love that never fails. So come on. Love the Lord your God. Come on. Come on. Come on. I see you. Come on. Let's bring it before him. When you love the Lord your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you're giving your life to him. I see you, my dear. I see you. He's working, he's working, he's working. The Spirit is working. He wants to rescue somebody right now from the confusion you've been living in. He wants to bring light to a dark life that was thinking there's no more hope and there's, there's no future. That's a lie because God has a plan for you. God desires you. God wants you. God loves you. And when we say yes to him, he transforms our lives. So I invite you to come. Don't leave here the same. You can leave here with a new outlook, a new uplook. You can leave here knowing that your hand is in the hand of the Savior and he'll never let you go. Trust God. Trust his word. Follow his word. And I assure you, your life will be transformed. Because he's the way maker. He's the miracle. Come on, come on, come on.
see our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate, God in flesh. He's the way. He is the truth. He's the life. In fact, he says, no one comes to the Father except through, through him. See, there is an absolute truth. That's the truth that God is God. He's all-powerful. He loves you. And he invites you into a relationship with him. And through his Spirit's guidance, through his word, you can live with the greatest outlook, a true God-centered worldview where you'll never be without a source of hope. You'll never be without a source of joy. You'll never be without a source of peace. You'll never be without a savior who says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's the promise we have in Christ Jesus. And if you choose to accept them on today, we want to celebrate that. Also, if you are in need of baptism, Pastor Brett's going to come up in a moment. He's going to explain to you about a special uh, Believer's Baptism celebration we're going to have on this coming Sunday. Look forward to being a part of that with you. Our prayer partners are going to make their way to our, free, our, our prayer room, our connection center, um, where we'll be waiting there. If you have any prayer requests, you didn't have time to come up here. Um, our, um, we have opportunity to, to be there for you. I'll be there. We'd love to meet you, hug on your neck. Uh, pray with you. Celebrate God's decision that he's making in your life. If it's your first time here, be sure to come and stop by our connection room. We'd love to connect with you um, and celebrate you being here as well. God bless you and God keep you without prayer. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.